0: Have you guys ever seen some bad actors? I got two bad actors that are going to help me. I'm the, I'm the good actor. They're the bad actors. But we got two actors that are going to come, and they're going to help us to try to convey a message. Because I believe this. I believe that sometimes seeing is better than just hearing. Um, and, and so I believe that when you put those two things together, um, it becomes even the more powerful. So this morning, um, I'm going to get my, well, one of my sons and my other godson, they're going to come up, they're going to grab, grab those stools, guys, and come sit uh, up here behind me right on the floor. So I want you guys to, even if they're bad actors, I want you to clap for them at the end, okay? You know, you don't have to clap for me because I, I, I won an Academy Award. <laughs> but these guys are bad actors. But come on, guys. All right. So you're going to sit there, grab your microphone, Jaheim. I'm going to slide this out of the way. Go to Luke chapter 15 for us, if you will. Luke chapter number 15. I'm going to adjust it for you. You should have let the tall kid sit there. All right, here we go. So Luke 15, you guys have heard this story time and time again. This is kind of what it looks like. I believe if we was in the biblical times, it would look something like this. All right. There was a father who was having a conversation with his sons. And he said, guys, listen. And I'm not talking about me. So don't, this first part, I'm just talking about the story. But there was a man who probably said something like this Guys, listen, I'm getting old. See, I told you I wasn't talking about me. I'm, I'm getting old. I worked hard. You saw the way that I labored. You see everything that we have. And eventually, everything that we have is going to be yours. And because I'm a great father, I've laid up an inheritance for both of you guys, that when the time comes and I feel that you're uh, ready for it, I'll give it to you. And then you'll be able to start a life, a life that's healthy, a life that's fun, a life that's productive. Um, I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to give it to you. But I want mine now. Huh? But I want mine now. You want it when? Now. But it's not time. But I want it now, though, because, like, like what? I feel like it's just the time. Like I'm ready to get mine now. What do you think? You, you, is now the time? No. Nope. You don't think so? Nope. Well, your brother said he doesn't think so. But like, it's me at the end of the day, so I want it right now. Okay. All right. Come on, Jahim. Let's let's go get his inheritance. I'm going to give you everything now. This is yours, because you were anxious. Here's everything that I have for you. I bid you Godspeed. Come on, Jahian. This is this is enough to party and have fun and. I'm gonna take this and go party. <laughs> Get the broom. And so then the next part probably went something like this. They were probably back at home. The younger son took his money, he took off, and now the father still at home with his older son. And the father's probably now finding himself Doing his typical day to day business, running everything that he needed to run. And this is probably how the next conversation went. Uh, here I am sweeping, doing all the work while right? he's out partying. So, did you think that makes you more righteous or something? Yeah. Why? Because you listen to me? Yeah. Just keep sweeping. So let me get this right. Because your brother made a choice that you may not agree with, and you made a choice that makes you look good in my eyes, you think that makes you closer to me? Yeah. Okay. All right, let's go. And then the story keeps going. I kind of party too hard. Now I don't have any money, and I don't have any food. And so um, I bet it's people at my dad's house that they have a lot of food because they stayed with him. Maybe I can go back and probably try to work with him, work for for him. So then he took off, and the next part of the story probably went like this. They probably came back. And they were going about their business. Come on, I'm, I, we, the, the house is clean. You did a great job. I'm proud of you, son. I may have seemed like I was a little too hard, but I still love you in spite of. And though your brother made his choices and you made joys, it doesn't mean that I don't love him. Matter of fact, hold on. It looks like, hey, that's my son. He he was dead but, but but now he's alive. Come here son. Go go get the ring and the coat. Hurry up, hurry up. Man, I've been praying for this day. That that you would come home. I love you. In spite of all, I still love you. P- put the coat on him. Put put the coat in and put the ring on him. Hurry up. My my son was dead but 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 now he's alive. And and I can uh I I can be grateful. That's not the way you put the coat on him. Put the coat on him. Let me guess, you're still mad, huh? This is my son who is dead. But now, matter of fact, you do me a favor. You go kill the fattest cow so that we can have a party and welcome my son home. That's probably how that story looked in layman's terms. Appreciate it, guys. Give them a hand and clap, guys. That, that's probably that's probably in a roundabout way how the story went. It was it was a father who had two sons, and one of them wanted what he wanted early. But this morning, I, as I'm as I'm preaching, and we're still in the series called uh, "Seeing It Clearly." My prayer and my desire this morning is that we'll look at the three main people in this story. And for the next few minutes, we'll focus on their minds, their mindsets, what happened in that story. Now, of course, we probably could have did a little bit better and been more, you know, by the book in terms of it. But I wanted to pull out the highlights of that message so that you could see it, because you saw the younger kids' mindset. You saw the older son's mindset, and then you saw the father's mindset. Oftentimes in life, if we're honest with ourselves, we can say we've been the older brother and also the younger brother. We've had moments in our lives where we've wanted something from God. And if truth be told, we really felt in our heart that it wasn't the right season, but because we wanted it so bad. Some of us went out and manufactured the season. Some of us went out and tried to make the season come to pass. And ultimately, when you do those things, ultimately, it'll lead to the same place that you saw my younger son at when he said, I'm broke now. I I don't have any money. I don't have anything to eat. The worst place that you can be is outside of the will of God. The worst place that you you can think that the prison is the worst place to be or or this place is the worst place to be. But in actuality, you can be sitting in your house, a a mansion and have all the money in the world and all the the assets in the world. But if you're outside of the will of God, that's actually the worst place in the world. Because what my grandmother would always tell me when I was younger, she would say, son, you're, you're 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 treading close to being outside of the arc of safety she would say you're moving into a place where the favor of God, the protection of God that would have kept you in your day-to-day activity, you're treading into a place where you're being so disobedient to God, and God is going to step back, and you're going to have to sometimes figure this thing out by yourself. And so what happened, this younger son, he found himself in that place. He, He thought that he was at a place where he could do it all by himself. And my message and my prayer this morning that if, if you're in that place, as we're talking on this message, even those that are watching online, if you're in that place, if you look at the entirety of the story, there's hope for you. There's hope for you. If, if, if you're that person and you know, God, I, I heard you specifically say, go right, but but I went left because I thought left looked better, and, and, and you found yourself in there, there's still hope for you. There's still hope for you. Matter of fact, let me tell you a short story as I prepare to segue into the second song. I remember hearing a story about a man. Anybody play golf in here or know somebody to play golf? There's a story about a guy who was a golfer. He got on an elevator, and he went down to the bottom. He went from earth, and he went down in the hill, and he got off. And the, the, nine, the fairway was better than Augusta. The back nine was better than anything that you've ever played before. And he walked around, and he was looking, and he was like, man, I've never seen a course like this. I've never seen the fairway so smooth. I've never seen the grass so manicured. And after the tour, he got back, and they were getting ready to go up, and he said, so what do you think? He said, well, I, I haven't seen what the courses look like in heaven, but, but, but this is a mighty good course. And, and I'm going to roll the dice, and I'm going to take my chances of staying down here to play on this course, but I got I to go get my clubs. So he said they got back on the elevator, and they hit the button to go back to earth, and as he began to pack his car up and go back to this elevator, and when he went back down, the grass was charred. The fairway was full of dirt. Nothing looked the way that it looked when he first went down there. And he looked back at him, and he said, I, I thought... What you showed me was in actuality what it was going to be. And the devil looked at him and said, I was just campaigning. And and I got you to buy into what you thought it was going to be. And so now you got to deal with the reality of it. And so this younger son found himself in that place where he looked out and he thought he was going to have all the riches in the world. But then he found himself in a place that everything he thought was going to be, it ended up being something else. And so he had to find himself humble and say, "Okay, now I got two choices. I can either stay and try to make it work here or I can figure out how to get back to my father's house. And so he began to posture himself in a position of humility and said, I I know that there's people that are at my father's house that are hired by him that are eating better than me, that's living better than me, and and I'm willing to go back to my father's house and not be a son, but I'm willing to come back and just be a worker if it gives me back some of the things that I gave up. And that was his story. But then you saw in the same story there was another son who sat to my right when I was facing him, and he said, well, I don't think it's time for my inheritance. I'm going to do everything that, 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 that I know to do, and, and I'm going to be righteous. I dotted my I's. I, I crossed my T's. I, I've done everything my father told me to do. And one thing that my grandmother would also say, she said, son, don't, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Don't think that you're so righteous that you're beyond mistake. And so this man began to, the older son began to put sense of himself, even though he was being obedient, pride began to set in. I I don't know if you noticed that in the the dialogue, he began to look at his brother and he had a level of pride and he was like, I stayed at home with you. I I, I did what you told me to do. I, I, I did everything that I was supposed to do. I did this. He didn't do those things. So pride began to sit in. But yet, all the while, he couldn't see it. He thought because he was dotting I's and crossing T's, he was better. Let me help you this morning. No matter how much you love God, don't let pride sit in. No no matter how close of a relationship you have with God, never get into a place that you can begin to think that you can do it all by yourself. I I, I pray every day. I, I give money away. I, but, but, but why now are you doing it? Are you doing it because you feel like the Pharisees, you're doing these things because they make you righteous? Or are you doing these things because you have a heart for God? And every fiber of your being, you simply want to please God. And so the older brother found himself in a place where he thought, well, I'm good. He's the one that took the money and ran, but I stay here. The Bible says this. It says, first come pride, then comes the fall. Even as his father was beginning to show the values that the sons were supposed to demonstrate, the values that the sons were supposed to have, his pride clogged his ears up and it prevented him from being able to hear what his father was really saying. Then you have the father who called his sons and taught his sons the right thing to do, but yet one of them was a little disobedient, like we all have been at times. But if you notice the heart of the father, it never changed. When when, when the father was talking to the son and he said, listen, listen, I've worked hard and I have some things that I want to give you, but, but now is not the time. And the son said, no, I, I want mine now. The father didn't get angry and say, well, you know what? You're being disobedient. The father was, he, his mind didn't change. When we go out and we try to make things happen for ourselves, the mind of the father, it still doesn't change. The, the, the mind of the father is this. When you try to make it happen on your own, it, it, the mind of the father, it doesn't change. The the heart of the father doesn't change. And so when we look at this story, what we began to see, if we're really paying attention to it, is the father's beginning to show us the values that we should possess. And so there's four things that I want to talk about as it relates to values. And I believe that as a church, as an individual, if, if, if we embody these values, then our response to the one that went wayward would be drastically different. You know the father. The father, uh, he had grace. He demonstrated grace uh, to to his son. His son said, "Listen, I want mine now." He was disobedient, but the father was still gracious. He said, "Okay, you know what? I'm not going in vain." Free will is something that I used to struggle with when I first started studying Christianity and I first began to walk with Christ. I'm like, "Okay, God, if you love us so much." Why do you give us free will? Because if, you, if you're a gracious God and you know what leads to destruction, why would you allow us? And he said, because free will can do one or two things. It can position you to receive blessing or give up blessing. I'm going to let that sit in for a minute. Free will can position you to receive blessings or forfeit blessings or give up blessings. And the father is so gracious. He says, I want to see if you love me enough that you will do it just because you love me. I I, I don't want to make you do it, because if I make you do it, then I really don't know if you love me. But but, but I know that if you deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow after me, that must be some kind of indication that you have some kind of love for me. Because you could have went a whole different direction. But you stayed by my side. And so this father, he, he had grace and he said, I, I, I'm not going to destroy my son because he went wayward. I'm, I'm going to have grace and I'm, I'm going to trust it. I'm going to believe that if one day his heart connects back to mine, the, the things that he's doing wayward, he'll turn from his ways and he'll repent and he'll come back and we can be in right relationship. And I can give him what's greater than any inheritance that he can receive here on earth. So the father was showing the boys, listen. In life, you got to have grace. You got to give grace. So I want to issue some challenges as I'm finishing up this message. and I got three more things we're going to talk about, but I want to issue challenges as I'm going, as I'm going. The first one is this. Who is somebody that God has called us to extend grace to, but something within us caused us to pull that grace back? Because if you really want to live in the heart of God, grace will cause you to give grace to some people that you know did you wrong. Some people that that you know you have a Rolodex on the offenses that they've created. But but, but grace will cause you to look at them in a light that only a father in heaven can look at them. And and, and just think about it. And, And I talked about it last week. Imagine what the world would be like. If 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 the the human beings on this earth exhibited, I don't I'm not going to say possess, but if they exhibited, because all of us have, I believe have the position to exhibit the, the ability to exhibit grace, right? But 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 imagine if all of those on earth that should be grace givers give the grace that's needed. Imagine how different the world would look. I promise you, it'll look drastically different. Because as you're extending this grace, the recipient of the grace, their heart has no other choice but to begin to transform. Because they'll begin to look at you and say, how in the world can you give me grace when I know what I did to you? And then their heart has no other choice but to begin the process. So the second thing, the second thing that the father exhibited to the sons was mercy. It was mercy. It wasn't the just the wayward son that received mercy. It was the the, the son that stayed home. He got mercy too. (laughs) Because even though the father saw the pride that he exhibited when his brother asked for his stuff, the the, the father didn't do what he could have done to him. He still extended mercy to him, even though he was still living under his household. I'm going to tell you something, y'all being a Christian, being a believer we got we, we to gotta be full of grace, and we got to be full of mercy. That's why I believe this. That's why I believe when you look at those two words, the Bible was specific about them when he said in Lamentations that every morning, mercies are made new. I believe in the New Testament, he said, listen, my grace is sufficient. So no matter how, shortcomings, how your shortcomings are, I, I still got enough grace to fix it. And so as believers... We have to walk around and we have to, I believe, check our tank sometimes. We have to check our mercy tanks. How how much mercy have I given away? It, It should run out and you get a refill every morning. Your grace should be that grace that you can extend to people. And I tell people all the time, the reason why I can be gracious to others and merciful to others is because I found out one day. My father in heaven, he was gracious towards me. He, he, he was merciful towards me. And, and, and how can I not give something that I so freely got that I didn't even deserve? And so we're talking about the values, the values of a believer, the, the values of a believer. They come from a good father. You know, the Bible says that the man is the head of woman, the head of man is Christ. And so he was talking about the biblical structure. And he was as as a good father, you teach everything that you should have taught to your kids because you understand how important and how valuable they were. My boys will tell you, it's not a week to go by that I don't sit down with them and give them something that I believe is going to help them in this life that they're living. And so let's keep going. The son got ready to come home. And the older brother was upset, and he looked out, and he said, saw how he put his coat on him. He, as the young kids say, he, he was still a little bit salty because he felt like he had did it all. He had did everything that he was supposed to do. And he said, why am I having to now be a servant to him? Jesus said it this way. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. So as we embody the characteristics of Christ, we have to have have a mindset that, you know what, God, I've come to serve. I've come to serve the least of them because I know that's what you did on Calvary's cross. And so there's another word that I believe that's important for us to hear today and remember today is a word that starts with the R. And that word is restoration. That word is restoration. The father looked out to this son who went wayward. And as he looked out and he saw the son coming back, he restored him back into the family. He didn't hold his his offenses against them. He looked out and he said, this is my son who was once dead, but now he's alive. And he welcomed him back in by giving him his ring and putting a coat on him and showing him that the things that I have in this house they're yours. And so as we move through this thing called life and we move through our our walk in Christ, it's important that we see it clearly. We see that when God gives us an opportunity to be gracious, we take advantage of it. When when God gives us an opportunity to extend mercy, we take advantage of it. When, When God gives us an opportunity to help restore somebody, we take advantage of it. I don't know about you guys, but I—I'll I, give you a little bit of insight on when uh, Pastor Kevin and I met at Outback, and we was talking about bringing our churches together. I—I I, I had this presentation, and they were—they were values. They were values that, as a pastor, were important to me as a, as I led the flock that I had. They were—they were super—they were super important. They were things that I said, you know what? These things right here are non-negotiables. If we ever get away from these things, I can't do it anymore. And one of those things on that list was we have to always be willing to minister, uplift those that are forgotten about and those that are downtrodden. Because I believe this, some of the greatest jewels in the world are the people that are walking out there and the church won't re-embrace. If the church is going to ever really be what the church was intended to be, we have to do a different look at the people that are wanting to be restored back into the fold. That's why my heart has always been for those who have made mistakes, those who have fallen short. Because I believe this, mistakes and falling short are a trick of the enemy to suck out your value. I've fallen short, I'm not valuable anymore. I I, I, I made a mistake. I'm not valuable anymore. No, 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 that's a lie. That's a lie. Because watch this. Your value in actuality, and while you're going to like this, word, this part, your value has actually went up. Because if you can ever understand that in the midst of your shortcomings, that God has never turned his back. It's like the man that we talked about in John chapter 9 on last week. After he got his sight back, he went and he told other people about a man who who gave him his sight. And he began to tell other people, there's a man that, that he's given me my ability to see again. There, there was a day, y'all, when I couldn't see. From from my birth, I couldn't see anything, but but I met a man. And this man that I met, he, he did something to me. And, and I'm telling you, you might not be able to see today, but I promise you, Kim, if you see this man that I'm talking about, He'll fix something for you. He, he, he'll reach out and you'll talk to this other person like the woman at the well. Listen, I was in the midst of an adultery, but 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 there was a man who I talked to that told me about everything that I ever done. And he's forgiven me and he's washed me clean as snow. Let, let, if I can just take you over here to this man. See, th- th- their value went up because they had a different understanding of this man. They had a different revelation of this man. And the same things that they saw, I believe this father in Luke chapter 15 had those same values. In the midst of their shortcomings, he still saw value. In in the midst of an open disobedience, he never neglected them. Even though he saw his son go and squander everything, he still had mercy on him. His son that thought he was righteous, he still had grace on him. And, And when the opportunity came to put restoration back in the house, he even did that as well. That's what I believe us as believers have been called to do. Not to put ourselves in a place that we've dotted our I's and we've crossed our T's and we feel like we're fit for the kingdom now. <laughs> we, we, we got our, our, our dress suits ready to go. And now, I, Baron, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for that day. No, 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 no. You still got work to do. And as we're still doing this, not only will you be ready, but you will make a way for other people to be ready. Because there are some people that don't that don't believe that God can forgive them. There are some people that think that their offenses were so erroneous that that God is just like, look, I'm taking my hands off. But all of us sitting here under the sound of my voice, we all have a story. And if we're open and we're honest and we're truthful, we can say what you're looking at right now is some of the latter chapters of the story. Because if you would have saw chapters one, two, three. for some of us, 5, 6, 7, and 8 for some of us, 9, 10, 11, 12 for some of us, 14, 15, and it's only an 18-chapter book, chapter 17 for some. Matter of fact, if you saw the first page of chapter number 18 for some of us. But it was only because of the grace, the mercy that God bestowed upon us when we didn't deserve it. So my prayer this morning is this, is that you'll see every blessing that God is giving you the right way. You will see it that, no, you may not, you know, use this anymore. No, no you may not do that anymore. But, but, but God is giving you those opportunities, those other opportunities, so that you can look back on your life and say, it was nothing that I did. It was only by the power and the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that I'm even able to stand here with the testimony. Because if you were here last week, you heard me say this. When God called me, I tried to disqualify myself. Like, nah, God, you got the wrong one. And I tried to do everything that I thought would cause him to look at me and be like, nah, I can't use him. But like I said last week, he sat just like this and asked me, are you finished? Are you done? Because if you're done, because see, my son was done. He had lost everything. He was done. And then he positioned his heart to come back to the father. And when he brought his heart back to the father, the father did his work. In the words of Pastor Kevin, as I always, uh, uh, as I get ready to close, he, he says this. He says, he always tells young people or people in general that if you have a desire to be famous or to be wealthy, he pray that you get them and you get them fast because what you're going to find out is this. That's not, that's not, that's not, it's not going to make you whole. It's not going to make you happy. And he said, he hopes you get it early. So that way you have enough time to come back and say, listen, forgive me of my shortcomings. God is a gracious father. The title of this message is just those words, a good father. I love the song that Amy and Chris, they, they, they minister a lot. There's a Chris Tomlin song that talks about a good, good father. A good father knows that his kids are going to make mistakes. But they're going to love him throughout. Some of you guys know my daughter. My daughter's getting ready to go off to college in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, you know, I was that father that was overbearing. But then there was a part of me that said, you know what? Regardless of what, I'm still going to love her. And she has to carve out her path. I've given her the tools to make a good path. But if something was to happen along the way, I know my responsibility as a father is to remain a good, good father. So this morning, no matter what part of this story you may find yourself in, there's a good father that you're loved by that's waiting to say, listen, if you got anything that you need me to fix, I'll fix it. If you got anything that you need me to work out, I'll work it out but you just got to be willing to give it to me. Don't let pride get in the way. Don't, don't, don't let anything get in the way because if truth be told, everybody under the sound of my voice has something that can be a little bit better. So I want to pray for us. I want to pray for our church this morning. Those that are watching my, my way of live stream, I want to pray for you guys that you be reminded this morning that you serve a good, good Father. A good, good father. You know, I I told my daughter this. She told me the other day, she said, Dad, you hadn't taken me to breakfast in a long time. So we had daddy-daughter time Friday. We, We went to breakfast, and we were sitting down at the table talking. And I told her, I said, as you go into this next chapter of your life, I know that you may make a mistake, but I want you to do me a favor. Always be honest. Because if you can be honest, we can try to fix whatever it is. And that's what God is saying this morning. If you just be honest, if, if you need me to do it, just, just be honest and tell me and we'll, we'll we'll work it out. But if you're not honest with me, I, I, I'm i not going to intrude. Last part is this. My grandmother, she taught me one of these, ver- this, this particular verse when I was young, and she was talking about the nature of God. She took me to Revelations. And it says these words. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And whosoever opens up the door, I'll come in and I'll sup with him and I'll never leave. He's a gentleman. He built the house. (laughs) He can take the door off the hinges if he wants to, but it doesn't give him glory or satisfaction. But when you open up that door, you're welcoming him in. At our house, there's a thing, my wife, if the doorbell rings, you don't just hear us say, come in. She said, you go to the door and you open it and you welcome him in. So that way they feel welcome. They know that they're supposed to be there. And God is saying this this morning, I'm going to open my door for you to come in. But you have to open up your door for me to come in. And if you open up your door for me to come in, I'll fix it. I'll fix it.